Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you are, welcome to Two Men with a Mic. Dude? Dude. You know that actually I suddenly had to pee, but I'm not going to flush the... <laughs> but, but because we're recording, I'm not going to flush the toilet. There but you go. I'm quietly walking you... away from the toilet now, and yep. uh, I'll you get could... back to that later. <laughs> Make I've yourself a note. A lot of go back <laughs> You know, today's show uh, has a lot of uh, good memories in it, and um, especially coming as a father and as you are as a new father, um, it's interesting to look back on our lives and see the things that our fathers did to yeah. either support us or guide us. And it's neat to be able to recognize that now. Obviously, you don't as a young person, but it's really cool to see that now. So I'm excited about today's show. Yeah, me too. All right. Before we jump into that story, though, uh, let's go ahead and uh, release our song of the episode. Iriman. All right. Here we go. So, Mike, what's the song of the episode? Jammin' by Bob Marley. When Bob Marley first got handed to me, like when I was in college, um, someone gave me like, uh, I think it's called Legend, and it's like all of Uh Bob Marley's greatest hits. And all of the songs were trippy to me, stoned. But for some reason, Jammin' was like extra trippy. (laughs) (laughs) That that whole like, I can't simulate it, but you know that wow yeah yeah. i mean there's like a wow yeah yeah there's a whole tone you know the two reggae that's just like yeah and uh that like of all of i loved all of bob marley's songs but um that one in particular was like oh (laughs) (laughs) when when i was really baked (laughs) yeah well you know actually it it, it's funny because um you know, right after my uh, first marriage uh, took a, a hand glider crash. I would go into my hammock and um, I would I would have already been wasted. And then I'd take my 12 pack of beer, my three pound bag of peanut M&Ms and sit in my hammock <laughs> and blast my uh, Bob Marley. And, yeah. Uh, I remember you know, those days, dude. You were yeah. a party animal. You know, it was it was interesting because all of that, you know, has a special place in my heart because they really all that 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 group of friends that that we were, I was playing softball with and stuff at the time, you know, really supported me and 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 kind of looked after me um out of pity, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> well, being you know. good friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, your your first marriage had had um, exploded. You know, I'm not that man anymore and and, um, you know, or that kid. And, uh, you know, that's good. I don't I don't regret who I am or and I wouldn't change what it took me to get here because. I wouldn't want to give up what I have now for anything in the world. So, you know, um, it, you know, maybe there was a better way to get here, but you know, I didn't know. I didn't read the manual. (laughs) 
you know well and then i mean you found every way in one realm of existence to have fun but then ultimately i think what brought you um peace and happiness was spirituality yeah yeah you know finding god and uh finding my wife and you know i i mean i i don't keep these stories a secret obviously i don't miss it and i don't miss what i had because i have what i have yeah um but uh you know that doesn't you know i look back on it now as a as a big with a big smile um you know and i i know for you you're not smiling right now and <laughs> you know and i and i really hate that for you but then on the other side honestly you know mike uh, i i have a lot of joy and excitement kind of like when you buy your kids a christmas present and you know it's something they want but they haven't been able to open it and you want to watch them open it mm-hmm. that's kind of how i am with you right now it's like I know that, you know, you're being dragged down the banner of razor blades and getting ready to fall into the salt water. So, you know, you're in for some serious shit and, you know, you're going through it and, and stuff. But then on the other side of it, you know, is, is just like, you know, another whole life, like a rebirth, right? It's like, you gotta kind of like when, when I told you to cut your hair, (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> although i'm growing it back now well but that's okay it's a fresh grow right you mowed the lawn you cut all that negativity off and and and, and all that kind of stuff so it's you true know. your emotions and thoughts are tangled up in your hair so it's, yeah and to cut it off it was like oh actually everyone was like oh my god you look so much better this way um you know don't ever let let it grow as long <laughs> you're again, like but too bad take a picture i'm, I'm like back. that's it yeah i did this once <laughs> now i'm growing my hair back it's on its way now too so. but no yeah that's a, it's a great song in fact i i uh i didn't hear it or any reggae for years because i was married and uh and my wife was not into <laughs> I mean, we, we thought our parents were idiots and then we grew up to be our parents and we're like, damn, they weren't that stupid after all. <laughs> What's the, there's a famous Mark Twain quote about that, where he said something like, um, I always thought that my father was stupid when I was a child. And then when I grew up, I was amazed to see how much he'd learned. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, I know that uh, James Bond has a, place in your heart um you know and it's something that that you know you've really enjoyed over the years you want to share your story about james bond yeah well james bond is like i i it's a well okay i mean my dad was the one who introduced me to james bond and um there didn't used to be like vhs i mean they they are video rental stores and all that stuff but the james bond movies were so beloved that they would show like Goldfinger on like the ABC Sunday night movie yeah, or whatever yeah, it was, yeah, even TV. though it was like a, a 20 year old film or however old it was. And uh, so it was like a thing with my dad and I was a way to bond with my dad. And then my dad always encouraged me to read and um, he was very cultured and very literate. And, uh, and so he, the, probably the nicest thing my dad ever did for me was I wanted to be interested in James Bond because my dad was interested in James Bond and I wanted us to be able to bond as a kid. And uh, so I saw in his library of books, um, which is like vast, 
that he had one James Bond novel in there. It was it was a James Bond novel called You Only Live Twice, where James Bond goes to Japan. And so kind, <laughs> kind of yeah, kind of to impress my dad, because I was young to be reading that stuff. I think I was like 11. Um, I, I read that novel and I read it rather openly um, in front of him, kind of trying to show off like, look, I'm reading an adult. Look, dad, I can read James Bond. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> no, no hardy boys here, man. That's for kids. I'm reading about, you know, a British assassin in Japan yeah, and, and in it's Japan. written for adults and, and it's a very adult book. And hey, TV. dad, what is this word right here? And why is he putting it there? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like that. But then so then I, I finished that book and um, oh, well, no, this is good that it's boring because this is adult literature. Like, you know, <laughs> I was and like, See, dad, I can read that boring, boring stuff, too, you know? Cause I'm smart, you know, it was, it was all like that academic trying to show off or whatever. But so I finished that book and then, um, the minute I finished it, my dad like walked into his, uh, bedroom and then he came back out and he handed me another James Bond book, uh, Casino Royale or something like that. And so then I read that one. And then the minute I finished that, he walked over and handed me another James Bond book. And so one day I snuck into his room and I found in his closet a bag of um, all of the James Bond, original James Bond, Ian Fleming novels. Man, that's and cool. yeah, so I always thought that was like the nicest thing my dad ever did for me. He saw that it's kind of like how our, our uh, teachers encouraged us in school to make movies because we were so passionate about it. Um, my dad saw that I had an interest and in, wanted to encourage me to read. And so he had actually gone out to a used bookstore and bought every single James Bond novel that there was. And he, he, he didn't wasn't going to make a big deal about it. Like I did this for you or, or he, what he was just going to do is what he'd been doing without saying anything at all. He would just like hand me the next one whenever I finished them. So I, I read all the original uh, James Bond novels and you're a fan. And I mean, it's that's how but you were going in are going into movies the right way right yeah you're going that's, to be entertained you're yeah you're paying you're not paying that money to watch something you already know you're going in there with the belief of entertain me yeah you know draw me into this world and let me live in it it's it you know it, i mean that's what movies that's why movies are so awesome yeah is, you can lose yourself yeah you get to just say you know what time out <laughs> you know and and i'm gonna go watch a movie and i'm going to forget that i'm wanted by the fbi and <laughs> coming up the street right and that, that they're still tracking us it. down for discovering that we forged notes in high school yeah and and i'm gonna um you know watch this movie i mean that's what movies are for they're they're to take us to another place in time yeah you know or to do something that we've that you know we physically can't do right or 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 whatever you yeah. know i mean whatever the event of the movie is you know whether it's raiders of the lost ark right you and i were not going back to 19 to the 1930s and finding a statue and, and using a whip to swing across to a, a you know a spike pit right but, but we, we tried after it. we saw that movie 
we did. I mean, we were climbing around on rooftops and and yeah. uh, doing daring things, and it was all because of those movies. Yep. But yeah, no, you're right. I, I I treasure the suspension of disbelief and I, and those moments when I was completely lost in a film and kind of like we were talking about reggae earlier how it's sort of a mood elevator Um, movies used to have that effect on me like everything was bad in life go see raiders the lost ark get taken to another world and and be so high from that that when you left the theater the world wasn't as bad when i was little um you know i struggled with uh learning you know i couldn't um like read and stuff and i remember uh i must have been like the fourth or fifth grade um we were gonna have some test and at that point i was like i was breaking down and to the point where i didn't want to go to school anymore because i had a test and i knew i was gonna fail and i was like tired of failing yeah you know just just it gets old i mean i don't i don't think there's a child out there who really wants to fail. I mean, even when we were in high school and those people were failing and stuff, they didn't want to fail. Yeah. You know, they just, for whatever reason, kind of gave up and didn't have the support system. And, and I understand that, but I remember one of these memories we were talking about Edgar and, and, you know, I I remember I had a spelling test, I believe it was. And, you know, of course I hadn't studied any of the, any of the words because I couldn't read them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was like, and, you know, with, with, with my disability, you know, people are like, well, you just, you know, it's right there. But, you know, it was like looking at Chinese for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, you know, everybody's saying it's right there. And it's like, no, it's not right there. You guys don't get it. But I remember sitting, they had a, they, you know, we had like a two story, but it was just the master was two story. And so they had a staircase. I remember sitting at the landing of their staircase just one morning, like, crying like you know i don't want to go to school and fail another test you know Mm -hmm. get my paper handed back with a big f and not get any of the spelling words right you know so he came down the stairs that morning and uh he was all like what are you doing and you know and i told him everything you know told him and so he just sat down right there and and worked on the spelling words with me you know, and uh, we spent like 45 minutes to an hour just sitting there on the staircase, you know, him trying to help me uh, with uh, with my spelling. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. He was that was the kind of stuff that that uh, that he would do, you know, he was a good man. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was uh, a very adventurous uh spirit yeah the first the first movie that we made it was a super eight film without sound and it was um i was writing i'd been writing for years like these stories of kid cop uh with another friend of mine and then when i met you um you and i started recording cassette adventures of kid cop and um whatever we named your character i can't remember but that's all right nobody cares anyway (laughs) No. I, well, you can't remember it either. So no, like, I can't remember it either. I, I, um, I don't, but I don't were, remember it. Basically, Kid Cop was like a kid secret agent. So Kid Cop was basically like a child James Bond. 
but he was but it was serious and then any little boy you know around the age of 12 as soon as puberty kicks in like <laughs> you're 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 totally obsessed with women and you're yeah. obsessed with adult women like you know when a, a, you see a sexy woman and you're not you know for for a boy of 12 um it would be a dream come true if you if you were able to be with like a 20 year old supermodel um, and I think there's sort of a double standard on that. And I didn't realize this was a controversial idea at the time, but I, I like I had kid cop with like 20 year old girls, <laughs> e even though he was like 12 and I would draw, you know, like him short and the girl as an adult and and then, you know, like take it completely seriously. And then I didn't even realize that was a controversial idea, but I, I realize now that's actually kind of like <laughs> very <pedophilia>. inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. I mean someone well, had to you're bring a that kid, up. To me. Man. Yeah. From the kids' eyes it wasn't inappropriate. Yeah. But um, um for a while and then uh that friend of mine I used to do them with moved and then I met you when we went uh, when I went into high school and uh, and then you and I started doing them and then we invented some story you're, like your guy was some kind of child spy too and and then we were like partners and then I, I wrote this whole but, but we didn't start out as partners right we, we yeah we had to meet at a uh, we were chasing down a bad guy and I had him captured. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> you think know. you were interrogating him. And we were using, if I remember correctly, we were using those old uh, plastic zip guns. One, yours was blue and mine was gold. Yeah, it was a Star Trek pellet gun. Yeah. And uh, Oh, no, no, no. Actually, it was a different one. It, um, it was the one that shoot the little round balls. The little art. yellow balls. Yeah, yeah. little yellow and balls. And yours was gold and mine was blue. Yeah. And then and then we were dressed up in our best Sunday clothes we could scrounge. So I, like, had, like, I had like a brown jacket on and you had a blue ba blazer on. Yeah. And uh, but they were like dress clothes like you would wear your seventh grade dance yeah mine were actually <laughs> hand-me-downs from my brother so that it was too big for me but that was <laughs> that was all james bond too like we're, yeah we're yep. wearing suits like james bond is always wearing yep. suits. and uh but yeah that was our that was our first movie and um they uh what was the was, song what was the song that we well there was a one? song by def leppard called die hard the hunter and so we we switched the title a little bit and it to die hunted the hunter <laughs> and uh and then but we used that song like we made a cassette uh recording of the adventure too and then and then we decided to try to make that was our first movie we decided right. to make a, a super eight movie out of it and so yeah it was it was me and you were in a house and you were like interrogating a suspect but i didn't know who, who was were. my dad <laughs> right <laughs> and uh yeah like i confront you with my my pellet gun and then <laughs> um you your stepdad edgar yeah. was playing the suspect and he was like sitting at the table yeah it was supposed to be super cool like you don't just run away and leave the suspect you, right. you gave him a karate chop to the neck yeah knocked you, him out yeah. yeah like first you knock him out so he can't get away and then you go running off and then i chase you and then we had like a big old fight yeah yeah because i remember most of our shots were either from your perspective or my perspective that's yeah. how we shot everything and then we just <laughs> spliced it together so yeah. it looked like it was jumping from one person to the net you know like a view we thought we were 
we were just creating the best. Well, I mean, it was, we, we were just like 13, 14 year old boys. I mean, we, you know, what are you? 14, yeah. Do I think we were 14. Yeah. Um, but your stepdad, Edgar was like super cool and totally supported us in our effort and agreed to act in it. And then we even, uh, did a, a stunt together. Cause so like you and I are fighting around the house and then, uh, Edgar wakes up and after you had karate chopped him and makes a break for it and he jumps into his truck and he's <laughs> and then he's driving away and then i you, yeah you jump on the back i i jumped into the back of the truck and you must have been filming then yes. um and it was like the big stunt like i'm on a moving vehicle and the yeah we were so excited about that because yeah you were jumping onto a real moving vehicle i mean he had pop probably going five miles an hour but um, well, I, he, what was funny is he was going fairly fast, which is like, this is what was cool, <laughs> cool about Edgar, um, of many things that were cool about Edgar, like he was kind of a daredevil and a rebel. And, <laughs> I, and we had not planned any of our stunts. And, and uh, so when we said, yeah, drive, and I'm going to jump in the back of the truck, he was like, okay. And, <laughs> and then I jumped in the back of the truck. And then the idea was I was going to crawl while it was being driven you know, quickly, right. I was going to crawl around the outside of the cab in the truck and then grab him and pull him out of the truck. But what happened was, um, <laughs> since it wasn't really planned at all, I realized that the truck was traveling rather fast and that, <laughs> and that it was kind of hard to climb, to get a grip and climb around the outside of the cab and open the door and then pull Edgar out. So I started slipping off the side of it while I was doing it. And I was like, Edgar, Edgar, slow down, slow down. And, uh, and so then he did. So in the footage, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, like the truck's going a decent speed. And then all of a sudden it slows down so that I can get down and like pull him out of the truck. Well, no, yeah, I think, I think we realized that. So then we did another shot from inside the cab where we had you poke your head around with the gun. Oh, that's right. I remember that shot. Yeah, because we realized that that wasn't going to work. So we we added that shot in there so that it made sense to the audience that you just you you jumped into the back while he was trying to leave, except for in the actual final video. You see the brake lights come on. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, so, <laughs> you know, it's before you even get to the cab or something. It's a good thing we did that, though, or it might have gone like the other shoot where we, we broke the actor's arm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, that kid got ran over. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> that's another movie story for another day. So we've decided with our love for music. And for the movies, that not only will we rate songs and have songs of the episode, we're going to now start doing movie reviews. So, All right. We're going to use a very special rating system for this, uh, devised by the two men. <laughs> <laughs> so we're using a flush system, a toilet flush system. If a, a movie is good, then it'll be no flushes at all. And if a movie is a complete bomb, then it'll be five fleshes. Yep. The flesh system. The art of cinema is no more, I think. Uh, but, well, we can get back to this James Bond. Yeah, that's what I mean. The art of cinema is no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so what did you think of No Time to Die? So, um, 
you know, it, it was a typical Bond movie. So you definitely aren't going to go there and be surprised. Mm-hmm. Right. There was there was nothing surprising. Um, I was a little it was a little disappointing that are surprising. I shouldn't say disappointing. It was surprising that they um, actually carried stuff over from the last one. So, they, yeah, they've been doing know, that in the Daniel Craig films. Yeah. And and so that, you know, that was different. I appreciated that for being different. But then my daughter was watching it with me and she's like, what is he talking about? And then I had to explain it. I was like, well, in the last one, you know, so yeah. so, you know, I don't know. They could have done a better job explaining that it doesn't um, stand on its own. Like, no. you, yeah, if you haven't seen the other ones, then you're going to be like, what? Yeah. So um, that was a little I mean, it was OK because I had seen it, obviously. But but had you not, it was a tad confusing. Yeah, um, because I know that because the person next to me on the couch was going, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it lagged, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't. It, it was not able to keep the momentum up. It, it, yeah. it started to feel really long. Well, okay, so let's let's review. Like, what happened in there? He got chased by SUVs one time, and it's like, okay, that's so. Well, you and, know what? I, you when know, I saw that, you know what I thought? Car what? commercial. A car commercial, <laughs> yeah. Product that's placement. Exactly. Thought, that's that's kind of boring. I, I like. I really. I don't really remember much action in it. Like he got chased by SUVs. Uh, one thing. Um, like they completely blew the teaser at the beginning because the that was in all of the advertisements on TV for the movie where he's in the Aston Martin and then he um, yeah God why do they do that and I was I was telling my daughter you know I, I was all like she's like well what kind of car is that I said man I had that car when I was little I had the James Bond car did you and, oh that's cool. yeah it was a little metal car steel plate that popped up in the back the license plate flipped. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was just, I mean, it was like, you know, it was, you know, I don't know, maybe four inches by whatever. But it's fun. Did it have an ejector seat in it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it had something like that. The doors really opened and stuff. It was just how many flushes would you give it? Um, I'm going to say it's probably four. Yep. Okay. Well, I, I was, I was totally disappointed. And so what you were just talking about, like, one issue that I've had with the Daniel Craig films is that they're very self-referential. And I, I think their idea was they were rebooting Bond with Daniel Craig. And so maybe it was okay since it was supposed to be all brand new to take things from old, the old movies there. They tried to make it like every film was supported, supposed to sort of play into the next one. Like it was a continuous storyline. I really, I did not like that. One of the things I've enjoyed about the Bond films is that the film ends and then the new one picks up and they'll even ignore continuity and it's just a new thing. It's all brand new. Like, right. Yeah. I liked it starting fresh. I didn't like carrying over things like that, but in this one, he has like a little poisonous garden. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And and, and then they use it for nothing though. And and everything felt like a soap opera felt no chemistry between James Bond and the girl that he's supposedly, you know, this yeah. is the one I've got to be with her. I, I didn't feel any chemistry from her in, in the film before this and I, between them. 
And I didn't see any sparks in this one either. I mean, we could go on forever, but what are you going to give it? Did I, I am going to, and so I love James Bond. He's so near and dear to my heart. I've enjoyed a lot of Daniel Craig's work as Bond in the other films um, with whatever criticisms I have of them. I think he's been a, a very good Bond. Um, but this film, I am giving five fleshes. Oh, I was bored. It was a soap opera. Nothing really happened. He wasn't really James Bond. The chemistry between him and the chick was like not there. And it was too long. And then he dies. And I thought that is not worthy for killing James Bond. You, you would have had to have done a hell of a lot better to justify killing James Bond. I don't, you know, it, it was like soap opera. It was just soap opera. So, yeah. yeah, I'm giving it five fleshes. And uh, I was actually so disappointed in it. And I don't want to be. I, I want to praise Bond. I love James Bond. Um, that I, I thought, gosh, what's the other the one in the Daniel Craig series that I really loathed? And so and it's Quantum of Solace. I really did not like that film when I saw it in the theaters. So I, I watched that one again. And all of a sudden, Quantum of Solace looked like a masterpiece. <laughs> well, so five flushes, dude. All right. Five flushes it is. And you gave it four, so you were yeah. nicer to it. How come you were a little nicer to it than me? Well, maybe you're just meaner. <laughs> Two Men with a Mic is recorded live in front of Clothes on a Hanger at Clothes on a Hanger Studios, California. You can check them out on Instagram, or you can send them a message at the end of each episode through Spotify.